So, let me get this straight. Yes. <laughs> it is basically a bunch of Kentucky people shooting at each other over chicken. At a gas station. Some things never change. <laughs> And I'm just uh, suddenly this wave of exhaustion hit me. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even started, and we've been at this for like uh, an hour and a half. Oh, at least less than that. We started talking at 10. That was three hours ago. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co host, James. D. Say hi, James. The world needs a third mall cop movie. It does. Mm, it mm -hmm. really does. We hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurish best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do. But we're going to try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? We have Colonel Sanders and Abel Tasman. Now... I know who Colonel Sanders is, uh -huh. and I know who Abel Tasman is. Do you? Yeah, because you told me on the episode we did about the uh, Ned Kelly, right? No, ah, was it? Ah, something like that. One of those episodes back there somewhere. Mm. Uh, we had mm -hmm. uh, Abel Tasman, and he is the inventor of Tasmania? Something like that, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Or New Zealand. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Am I spoiling the whole episode? I'm spoiling the whole episode. No, you're just making me angry. All okay. right, well, I hope you get much angrier. Yeah. Perhaps we should tell our listeners how much we've been through to get this episode <laughs> going. <laughs> Would you like to tell the story, James? <laughs> okay. Well, we, uh... Hmm. We started recording, and there was just too much fucking stuff going on. Uh, my entire family was at my house, which... Is fine, except they don't like profanity, so I had to talk like really quietly. And then we were like, you know what? Fuck it. We want to be able to say what we want to say. We believe right. in the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. That's what we're all about here. <laughs> and right. so. We're to the defender of our constitutional <laughs> rights. <laughs> That's goddamn right! Oh, uh, yes. But instead of standing up for that freedom of speech, I ran away like a coward to your parents' house. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so that took a good 45 minutes. Yes. Um, and then I'm now in a closet, and like an idiot, I still don't know how to use this mic. <laughs> After like 55 goddamn episodes, I, I still am stupid. <laughs> There's been, like, a slow revolution in the quality of your recording. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yes, the phoenix will rise. Oh, well, okay. Well, I think I know how it works now, but <laughs> I sent a picture of my recording room to Aaron, and he was like, you idiot. Why do you have your microphone positioned like, like I don't know, some acrobat on a chair? <laughs> It's like a cannon staring directly at your face. So, like, I don't know what's going on with you, man, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. The, so, the mic's not going to do it. <laughs> so I felt dumb, um, because I was dumb, and I tried to move the mic, but in the process of that, it broke the cord that connects my mic to my laptop, 
So then it took us, oh my god, like 25 minutes to figure that whole fiasco out. Yeah. Uh, so I had to go searching through your parents' home with you talking on the phone, directing me to find a, a similar cord. Which we did, thankfully. Um, mm-hmm. Because if this had failed, I I would have ended it all, I think. <laughs> that, it's just just uh, put hmm. the microphone to your head and pulled the trigger. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah. so, all that to say, we've been at this for three hours, <laughs> and we just started recording. So, um, Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Um, and speaking of the First Amendment, mm. James, would you like to talk about um, this this latest development in... Uh, in the, uh, this, the, uh, the internet world? The... Hmm? Yes, yes. Oh, oh. Yes. Um, I have a Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because James has a Twitter account it's now. It's almost 2019. Well, not really, but it's the halfway through 2018, and I'm finally getting a Twitter account. Um, Welcome. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> it's not our official podcast Twitter, I will say, but it's... Um, oh, how should I say this? It's like... You're the main stock. I'm a leaf. We'll put it that way. <laughs> and I will produce food through photosynthesis, but you will be the main support to my leaf. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And that's how it'll work. Um, yes. Yeah, so you can find me at James D W T A D P on Twitter. Um, it's going to be stupid. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's That's the news. That's the news. Yep, it's James D W T A D P. That's his handle. Mm, mm-hmm. You should follow him Not right now. Not my love now. handle, though. What? That's different. Not- <laughs> you only have one love handle. It's true. I shaved the other one off with a knife. Oh God! <laughs> uh, this episode's on how you gonna love suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Varus. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so, okay. Colonel Sanders, Sandals. Sandals. Colonel Sandals. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. We have Colonel Sanders and Abel Tasman, and I think it's time to go to the History Lab. Yes? Let's go. One man. Fried chicken. Another man. More fried chicken. And trans fats for days. Colonel Sanders and some other guy. Why? Because it's finger licking good. <laughs> so, James, mm-hmm. tell me mm. if you had to start. <laughs> Sorry, it's the same shit every time. I go, so, James, you go, mm hmm. And I say, tell me. And you go, mm hmm. <laughs> It's just so, like real life. <laughs> it's so great. It's, it's so like great. Every conversation between the two of us. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. So here's my question: mm-hmm. If you had to start a massive chain of restaurants, what chain would that be, and what would be the signature dish? Ooh. Mm. Okay. The chain would be called French Fry Do or Die, <laughs> and uh, it would only serve French fries. I would be the manager, of course. I would be the the French fry guy. Oh, okay. That would be my title. And we would only serve french fries. But, you know, everything. Like cheesy fries, curly fries, normal fries, all that good stuff. Here's the the trick, though. Um, oh. With french fry do or die, we serve gourmet french fries. 
uh, at a cheap price too with uh, complete organic ingredients and here's why uh as is as in the title you do or die you eat the french fries and if you don't finish your goddamn plate i press a button and the floor beneath you opens up and you get sucked down a chute into a giant fryer uh <laughs> And then you become the next batch of French fries. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So French fry, do or die. Uh, shoot for the sky. <laughs> <laughs> why? Oh, why? Uh, yeah. Oh that's, God, that's my idea. What about you? That's good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. And yours. Uh, if I had to start a massive chain of restaurants, uh, chain. Let's see, what chain would it be? What would these? Okay, so I think I would start a chain. Uh, that only sold microwave popcorn. Ah. <laughs> and you go in and you sit down at your table and you place your order. <clears throat> and the wait staff brings out um, whatever brand of uh, microwavable popcorn mm, uh, mm-hmm. you want. And a little microwave. And they put it on the table and you push a button and it pops your popcorn. And there you sit and you eat that. Um, signature dish. Microwave flavored microwave popcorn. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is... Yummy. <laughs> it tastes like radiation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what we should do if we, what? We, we I should say when we start these trains, we right. should we should combine the restaurants. You know how sometimes you see like a subway and a pizza hut together? That oh. should be our chain. We can call it Pop Fry. <laughs> <laughs> Pop Fry. <laughs> or fried corn, I don't know. Something No, Pop Fry's great because if you don't catch it, uh, you're out. I don't know. <laughs> if Perfect. you catch it, you're out. I don't... Fuck. I don't well, know. now that we've lost every single one Varus. of our listeners... <laughs> Computer, please bring up Colonel Sanders and Abel fucking Tasman. <laughs> so, Bobo Dabo, tell me what Wabo Dabo is best Nabo for. <laughs> Colonel Sanders... <laughs> Is best known for starting Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, an American fried chicken joint I haven't been to since I was eight. How many times have you been there? I couldn't, probably under ten. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I don't, I just don't go. I've been there twice. Uh, The second time I didn't eat because it was in England, actually. There was a KFC in in, uh, England, go figure. Oh. And it was late at night and I was walking in. And there was a gang out in front. Oh, actually, no, that, that's not true. I wasn't walking to KFC. I was walking past KFC to go to Burger King. Oh. And there was this gang outside, and they all huddled around me as I was trying to walk past. And they're like, their ringleader was just, Hey, you like KFC? And I was like, uh, sure, but I'm going to Burger King. No, you aren't. You're going to KFC. And I was like, okay, I'm going to KFC. <laughs> And so, then these six thugs, like, walked me into KFC in England, and I was like, I, can I have some chicken? And then <laughs> the manager of the store was like, are these guys bothering you? And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, and then he said that he'll call the cops if they don't try, to, or if they don't stop forcing people to eat at KFC. So, it was odd. Um, this really happened? This really happened. <laughs> 
You think I make that up? <laughs> yes, you make up a lot of crazy shit. That's true. No, that's a true story. What uh, was what was there in? Were they getting like a cut off the top for making people eat KFC? No, 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 no. I don't think so because the manager was clearly annoyed, and this uh, apparently it happened before. But he like he shooed them out with a broom almost. <laughs> they walked away, and then I didn't. I didn't order. At that point, I was like, well, I'm gonna stand up to injustice. So I didn't order the damn chicken, and I walked out, and I was like, uh, I looked at it, I looked him straight in the face, and I'm like, you know what? I am gonna go eat at Burger King, and not KFC. And he looked at me with, like, if looks could kill, man, but <laughs> they let me go. Uh... You actually said that to yes. him? Yes! <laughs> it was the dumbest thing I've ever done. And not true, actually, but one of the dumbest you things. You did Because it was in this alleyway in London at 11 p.m., and I had, like, my passport on me and my wallet, and things could have gone so bad. But if I don't want to eat that chicken, I don't need to eat that chicken! <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So. You should ne- what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, okay. There's a life story for you. That's good. Anyway, so, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that uh, was great. <laughs> tell me what Colonel Sanders looks like. So, Colonel Sanders mm -hmm. looks like that faded bucket of cottage cheese in the back of your fridge that you're reusing because you're too for, uh, poor to afford Tupperware. Ah. <laughs> I fucked that up. That's okay. We're it's gonna so keep funny. going, yep. because this whole episode is a fuck- The whole show is a fuck up. We're good. We're <laughs> I was We're talking fine. to some guy yesterday, I won't say his name, to preserve mm. his anonymity, mm -hmm. and he's a listener of the show, and he was like, have you ever thought about, like, getting syndicated? And I was mm. like, Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He's like, because you have a really great show. And I'm like, what show are you listening to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was hilarious. Well, uh, thank you for for him. <laughs> what? what am I saying? Yeah. Fuck, go so, on. All right. <laughs> all right. So he looks like the bucket of cottage cheese, right? And right. this bucket of cottage cheese may or may not be storing massive amounts of fried chicken. <laughs> um, in his final form, though, Colonel Sanders has a funky white goatee and silvery hair. And he's always wearing a strange white suit that makes him look like the mustache twirling capitalist that he was. That's a half joke. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Half breed! That's all I ever heard! I'm gonna get sued. We're gonna get sued! That's fine. We're gonna get sued. I was watching Space Dandy last night. It was mm. great, and um, I can't get over Space Space Dandy's, like, fucking amazing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. there's this part in the show where they're, like, there's, like, this race going on. Mm-hmm. And there's this uh, there's this candidate in the race or this racer who is hired by uh, a suspicious mouse. Oh. Um, who looks suspiciously like um, like the mouse, you know, the big mouse. Oh. The mouse from the place that starts with D and ends with Isney. Yeah. Dalton so this Wisney? mouse. <laughs> Dick Disney. I don't know. Fuck. Mm. Um, so, <clears throat> anyway, there's this mouse. Yeah. And he hires a racer and he like rigs the race and there's like this constant joke going on about like he's going to sue your ass if you win, basically. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, wow. Okay. It's absolutely beautiful. So, uh, James, uh, what was Abel Tasman best known for? Abel Tasman is best known for being one of the worst goddamn human beings ever fucking existed. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, God. And you know what? Hey, you dudes want a trigger warning for this episode? Well, here it is. It's a goddamn 15 out of 10. Watch out.
I don't believe you because. <laughs> well, what was Talat Pasha? What was he out of ten? Uh, an eight or nine. <laughs> an eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And this guy's a fifteen. Mm-hmm. A fifteen God damn. out of ten. Oh right. I yeah. mean, I I I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What to what to do with that fifteen so out of ten? Put on your That's big like boy Paul pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. We still need to watch Mall Cop too, man. Yeah. You. Yeah. I completely yeah. like. You said we would. You even said, bought it for me, and then we never did. <laughs> it's okay. We could do like a like a Skype date and watch it. <laughs> we, we, oh my god, we should do a live <laughs> watching. Have our viewers join us for a mall cop. Too. I don't think we can do that oh, without th- violating some copyrights. That's no, true. That's, that's true. not true. I'm not sure. I think you can show a full movie if it's like for criticism, but. Mm. What we could do mm-hmm. is record a like a, a, a riff tracks or whatever, yeah. and then people can pop in the movie and listen to our riff track bullshit. Oh yeah, that that could work. We could so do that. Like uh, I think say, we should say I come back to Chicago. We should so do that. Yes, absolutely. All right, All right. riff track for Paul Blart Mall Cop. Mm, it's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what what does Abel Tasman look like? Abel Tasman looks like a turd on a stick. He also has big, puffy black hair, a mustache so fine it no doubt oppresses the proletariat. Okay. He's wearing a carpet, <laughs> and looking into his eyes, it shows a man who has seen the worst fucking thing ever imaginable. Oh, wait, I thought he was the worst. He must have looked in a mirror. Mm, no, no, oh. worse. worse. Worse? Oh, God. He saw something so hideous. It should be against international law to even mention its name, because oh. that's that's the level of triggerness we're talking about, all right? Oh, God. Yeah. It's bad. It wow. It is bad. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it something the government has been hiding from us? It is the government, basically. <laughs> uh, we'll get into it, okay? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, shall we talk about Colonel Sanders' early life? Mm, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so Colonel Sanders was not born a colonel. <laughs> um, so don't envision a baby that looks like Colonel Sanders. Just, <laughs> just don't do it. I'm not. But he's off He's off to a terrible start uh, because he was born in Henryville, Indiana. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he was the firstborn of Wilbur David Sanders and Margaret Ann Sanders uh, and was also blessed by the Lord because his family was super Christian. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ah, men. Anyway, so they were Adventists, which is a denomination of Christianity that sprang out of the Millerite movement in the early to mid-1800s. And if you want to learn about that crazy shit, go listen to our William Miller episode. <clears throat> it's this whole story, and it's depressing as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> the great disappointment. <laughs> yes. For real. Anyway, so Colonel Sanders had it kind of rough as a kid. Uh, His father was a loving and mild-mannered type of guy, just doing some farmer work in the family farm, right? Mm -hmm, Um, But the poor bastard broke his leg working the land and had to take up work as a butcher. Uh, So, yeah, um, you can do anything, kids. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're from Indiana. (laughs) Unless you're from Indiana, in which case you're probably just going to dry up in Thorntown or whatever. (laughs) Or Lebanon, or as they call it up there, Lebtucky. Um, Do you think that scarecrows are actually just people from Indiana who stayed there too long? Uh, yes. Okay. Actually. And we have some listeners from Indiana. At least one. 
And you know who I'm talking- you know who you are. You know who you are. There's only three people in the state, okay? Yeah, and one of them is Josh, and Josh is my friend from Indiana. Mm. And, uh, he's doing just fine despite being in Indiana. <laughs> well, Love you, Josh. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so, anyway. Mm -hmm. They're in the Millerite movement, the Adventist movement, not the Millerite movement, but anyway, yeah. so... Uh, or whatever, and so, like, his dad is a butcher, and his mom is, like, a pretty cliche type of 1890s Indiana Christian lady. Um, she constantly helicoptered her children and schooled them on Adventist teaching. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so Colonel Sanders and his two siblings were thoroughly familiar with scripture and were good and scared of the, quote, uh, and this is a quote from, uh, <coughs> Sanders himself. Oh, okay. The evils of alcohol, tobacco, gambling, and fucking whistling on Sundays! <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. No whistling on Sundays. I oh, don't know why, but you, I mean, whatever. Because it's evil? <laughs> so, yeah. So Colonel Sanders' dad dies when he's five. Oh, and his dad didn't die at five because that would be insane, but his Colonel Sanders' dad died. Right. That's right. Yes. The whole family's just devastated. Losing your father in this period is, mm. like, not good. Right? Yeah, yeah. So mom has to go work at a cannery, oh. uh, and Colonel Sanders, who is five, oh, has to take care of his two younger siblings while mom is away working for days at a time. Wow. Right. So he's a five-year-old taking yeah. care of two younger siblings. That is for rough. His mom. And she's I have gone. Two younger like, siblings, and I still don't take care of them. So well, that's you don't the even difference. take care of yourself, my dude. So. <laughs> that is true. Was that touche? <laughs> Well put by, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one of the things that Little Sanders does for his family is cook. Mm. Uh, and by the time he's seven, he's a master at prepping vegetables, baking bread, all that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, which is good, uh, because he and his younger siblings, uh, and I'm not sure... Oh my god, sorry, too much coffee. <laughs> I'm not sure how old they are, but they are younger than seven. Uh-huh. They go out foraging for food. Oh. God. In order to keep themselves from starvation. Jesus. So we're talking real humble beginnings here. Yeah. Right? So anyway, uh, ten, at 10, Sanders was working on another farm, getting paid next to nothing. Uh, and his mother got remarried when he was 12. Uh, and Sanders had a really hard time getting along with this new guy. Sure. Uh, he's also having a hard time in school, dropping out at the 7th grade, uh, because algebra is black magic and ought not be practiced. True. So he's 13, <laughs> working like a dog, giving up on algebra like human beings should, yeah. uh, and he's not happy at home. Mm. So what's a boy at 13 years of age to do? Uh, I don't know. No guesses? None at all? What did you do at 13? Mm. Um, <laughs> audience does not want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Video games, definitely. Yeah, Video yeah, games definitely. and mm -hmm. depression. And listening to terrible music. Just awful music. Linkin yeah. Park? Linkin yeah. Park. Yeah. Linkin Park's not bad, right? No, no. I don't know. Am I gonna get brigaded Linkin Park Twitter? is not true metal, dude. It's like hard rock at best. But true metal, it's not Linkin Park. I never thought of Linkin Park as metal at all. <laughs> I, sorry, that was just the metal for uh, me. Mm. You were just fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what I was doing at 13. Mm. Oh, yeah! Oh, moving no. to Indianapolis! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, I was moving out of Indiana around 13. Right. I was already there. Yeah. That's when yeah, you came but... uh, to Wisconsin? No, to Illinois! Oh. Yeah. 
But uh, speaking of Colonel Sanders, mm, mm-hmm. uh, who is not from Wisconsin, oh. he decides at 13 to move to Indianapolis. Shit. Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> mm. We made a guys. joke about that way back there. We did. That yeah, was like it's a really stupid five. name. Yeah. And we were <laughs> stupid people. We're still stupid. We're, uh. We've gotten more stupider. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, this whole yeah. podcast is just a, a trail of our insanity, going it's deeper true. and deeper into the abyss. And we get dumber and dumber as we go along. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's in Indianapolis, and uh-huh. Colonel Sanders is making, again, paltry wages, painting horse carriages. Oh, oh, jeez. Yeah. But it only lasts for about a year uh, before he's back in southern Indiana on another goddamn farm. Uh-huh. Which is fine, I guess. Yeah, sure, it's a job. Yeah. So in 1906, uh, when Han- Handers? Handers? <laughs> God, when Sanders hits that sweet 16, he's living with his uncle and working as a conductor on a streetcar. Okay. Yeah. Well, that looks good. I mean, I'm I'm hoping his uncle was some sort of father figure, right? I mean, he's working with the guy. Looks like it's kind of yeah. getting better. I really don't know, though. Yeah. I really don't know, because I didn't look into it. And sure. people don't record, like, personal relationships. Like, No, because it's not important. It's not important to history. It's not important to real life. It's all about conquest and money. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they'd have you think, but... Hug a baby today. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, we, you should. <laughs> yeah, you should hug a hug a dog or a, a baby dog. What's mm. what's What do you call a baby dog? What's a baby dog? A kitten. <laughs> a kitten. <laughs> it's a puppy, you idiot. The puppy? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a cub. What? It's <laughs> like for bears. I'm getting stupider. <laughs> so anyway, he's working oh. as a conductor on a streetcar. Uh-huh. Um, but this isn't enough for our strapping, hardworking young lad. Mm. Uh, so he falsifies his date of birth and joins the army at 16. Hell yeah. So he's going to become a colonel, right? Right. Nope. <laughs> oh, no. He serves in Cuba as a teamster for a few months and then is honorably discharged. Oh. <laughs> I don't know exactly what happened, but there you go. He's probably just going around going, I'm a colonel. <laughs> uh, no. We'll get to the colonel thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the colonel okay. thing. Okay. <clears throat> so he moves where? Sheffield, Alabama, baby, oh, to live with another uncle and just goes through so many jobs, it's unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, he works as a blacksmith's assistant, gets a job cleaning out ash pans on trains, mm. becomes a fireman, and works mm. on the railroad all the live long day. Jeez. I mean, but really, the gumption on this guy. You're right. Um, he's been working since he was goddamn seven years old, doing yeah. all kinds of jobs just to get by. Absolutely. And this is a picture of what capitalism does to the working class. Mm-hmm. Gotta hustle, my dude. Well, it's, it's a good. tale as old as time. Labor. What? <laughs> we should bring back child labor. Absolutely. What? What? Hold up! <laughs> Hold up! Mm, think of the. Pot- uh, I can't. Okay, I can't even defend that joke. Yeah, that's not even a good. No. I mean, <laughs> profits. <laughs> what about the profits? They always um, tell the truth. It's. I don't know if you're talking about profits with an F or profits with a PH. 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 Profits bring profits. <laughs> Just, you're giving me a headache. <laughs> I'm, I, I, 
It's not me that's doing the talking. It's just my ass up to the microphone flapping <laughs> along. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Is so, that why you had the microphone positioned the way it was? Yeah, of course. It's got to be at a 90 degree angle for <laughs> ultimate ass talking. <laughs> Trust me, I'm an expert. <laughs> We're both experts at this point. Yep. God, I need some fresh air in this closet. Oh, God. All right. <sighs> anyway, so he's doing all these jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like, he never stops either. He's like working all the time. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Sanders encounters Venus. Oh. He meets Josephine King, the woman he would go on to marry only a short while after their first encounter. Wow. Yep. You know, now Josephine... Josephine King is not a name to fuck around with. Like, that's serious. Yeah, you get married to someone named Josephine King. Like, that's the name that a screenwriter would give a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so now he's married and his responsibilities are increased. Oh, boy. So he's not just working for himself. He's mm -hmm. now working for his wife and his future kids. Um, and so he starts to dream a little bigger. Ah. Mere survival? No, no longer. All right. He gets a job as a fireman with the Illinois Central Railroad line and starts studying law in his off hours. <laughs> I know. Through LaSalle Extension University. Wow, he is serious. And then he gets fired. Oh, shit. From his fireman job because he got in a fight with a fellow railroad worker. Okay. Uh, but he's lost jobs before, so he just right. goes and gets another one with the Rock Island Railroad. While his wife and children, he has three, by the way. Those popped out real fast. Yeah. The <laughs> Chicken poppers. I don't know. <laughs> God. Chicken nuggets. Fuck. <laughs> I, I don't know. So, the, popcorn chick. Fuck it. I'm done. Stop. I'm done. Um, I'm done. All right. But anyway, so, like, he's got all these people counting on him, but right. he can't support them, so they go off to live with Josephine's parents just to survive. Oh, jeez. And then Sanders actually starts practicing law. Hmm. And he starts making enough money to bring his family back into his home. Nice. And there's three blissful years of law practice, money flowing in, and then, boom! Colonel Sanders gets in a literal courtroom brawl <laughs> with his own client. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. Do we have more details on that? I want more no, details. I couldn't find any. All right. Well, I didn't look that hard, but it's a beautiful I, picture. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I could probably find the court documents if I dug long yeah, enough. Too um, much work. Yeah, it's, that's a lot of work. Um, and the battery in my computer is running low. I have ten percent. Mm. Go figure. It's been running for three hours while I've been in this closet. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, he's not a lawyer anymore. So okay. he has to go back to working general labor. Mm. And he has to move in with his mom. Mm. Okay. And that's where we'll leave Colonel Sanders for now. And when we come back, we'll be talking about his adult, crispy fried life. Wow. Sounds like he's just being kicked around by the old system. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yeah. uh, he's still sticking with it, baby. Good. Yeah. Good. It's the American yeah. dream. It's the American it team. Yeah. The American beam? Team. Tractor beam? Just pulls you in. American trireme? Is, <laughs> is this is this are we is this us? Are we better than this? I mean I are know we we're not, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take a break? Yeah. 
I'm going to have to, because i got to plug in my computer. This okay. Let's yeah. see if I can find an extension cord so I can continue sitting in this what, hot closet. What should our listeners do during this break? I, I think we should give them a question to, to think about, you know? To ponder? Yeah, mm. exactly. Because we're, we're a philosophical podcast. I know we don't brand ourselves that way, but we really are. So, I want to know mm-hmm. what our listeners think mm-hmm. of... And I really want to talk about this. I don't know how to get into this, but I want to, I want to talk to you about this whole Alex Jones thing on oh. the air because mm. they fucking killed Alex Jones, my dude. <laughs> they did. Yeah. They killed him. Yeah. And there will never be enough water to wash away the blood. <laughs> God is dead. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Consider that, that is... listeners, while I hit pause here. Er? And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back, everybody. My batteries are out. My batteries are in. Do as Lord pleases and don't live in that sin. So, uh, James, uh, since we are a very, very, very political show. Yes. Uh, and we both care about politics more than anything in the world. Uh, besides sports, yes. Besides sports, um, and you know we're not we're not like the most disinterested people when it comes to politics. Ever. Right. We're definitely not that. We don't. Yes. You know, we give so much of a shit about what's happening right now. Yes. Um, I want to know what you think about the destruction of Alex Jones, sir. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it's just as the good prophet predicted in Jeremiah yes. seven thirty five when he said, and I quote, The wrath of Babylon shall descend upon our fine prophet, Mr. Jones, and all the world will shake asunder. And, you know, it really... It, it really is true. That's, that's just all I have to say. And he'll be missed. He will be missed. Carry on. Well. <laughs> Are you eating what? potato chips? <laughs> uh, I'm still mad that you, you're not eating KFC, by the way. Oh. I'm not over that. We could still do it. I mean, hmm. we could release it as a bonus episode. <laughs> Just you I, eating KFC. <laughs> I can do Twitter live and oh, like God. just go. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't have that kind of ambition. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so Alex Jones is dead. That's that's what we've learned. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, he will Alex. return upon the third day though. I mean, how many <laughs> days has it been in? It's been about three days. Well, I just want to say this. Because yeah. people have been asking me what I think of all this because um there you know, everyone knows that he's He's a tiny bit crazy, right? Just a just a little bit, right? Little bit crazy. Um, but every and also, I've said many times, like, go listen to Alex Jones on the Joe Rogan podcast because it's yes. hilarious. Yes. Um. So, like, that's all I know about Alex Jones is that mm. one podcast mm-hmm. and something about frogs turning gay or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically the extent of what I know. Okay. Um, sure. So when they killed him, mm-hmm. well, the other thing I know is that he's like super into like deep state shit or whatever. Yes. And he's, he's like, argh, they're going to, you know, they're going to censor us and everything. Well, he broke into the Bohemian Grove to record their secret satanic uh, rituals. Like, right. He's so he, legit. 
He's an enemy of the deep state, right? Yes. He's he's the only one standing up against tyranny, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's all I'm going to say. But I was going to also say that, like, um, here's the thing. They validated his brand. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I know I said that earlier when we were talking, trying to get this shit going. Yeah. They fucking validated his brand. Yeah. And... Cause now, cause like before it was like, argh, I'm being oppressed. And everyone's like, haha, no, you're not. Come on. Like you're just some asshole. <laughs> yep. But now it's like, he's been like literally murdered. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And I, I am not rejoicing in that by no means. I am not rejoicing in the murder of Alex Jones, but, <clears throat> and not for the reason you're thinking, <laughs> um, but this is like a hugely bad move. <laughs> Yeah, if they want to... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you don't persecute the person who's yelling, I'm being persecuted. <laughs> yeah! Uh, Tends not to go so well. If you want well. him to shut up. If that's your goal. Yeah. 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 T- typically what you do if you want somebody to shut up and uh, be ignored is you just ignore them. Or you give them air. You, <laughs> you bring <laughs> them on your show and you're like, all right, what do you believe? And then... When chemtrails and the Illuminati just jump into the conversation and saying, "All righty then," <laughs> wait, but those are real. Well, they are, but that's besides <laughs> the point. So that was, real. That was an exaggeration. Anyway, no, no, I'm like that's why I liked seeing him on Joe Rogan because he was just kind of himself. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, he wasn't he wasn't on his show. I wouldn't. I would say he wasn't in character necessarily for parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he because like his show is like it's obviously entertainment like. Come on, because um, I tr- I tried watching it once and I was like so revolted because it kind of <laughs> felt like I was watching something like the Real Housewives of Orange <laughs> County. Sure, like that's how dramatic it was and how false it seemed. And that's not that's not really a criticism per se, but um, what was I going with this? Well, we're gonna lose all our Infowar listeners, that's for sure. <laughs> Or we'll pick them up. Who knows? (laughs) Right. Uh, Because, of course, the idea here talking about this is uh, that we get brigaded and people start hating us on Twitter. And then and then and then uh, and then we get noticed. (laughs) That's the goal. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) But that is that that is the objective. That is why that is the objective, I would say, of many, many people who do media is they want to get people mad at them. So they get airtime. And I guess (laughs) uh, it works. It fucking works. Mm hmm. Yeah. So he's dead. All right. <laughs> and I'll have you know, I am I am playing for time right now because we're about to talk about Abel Tasman, and you said he's a 15 out of 10. He is. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So Not so much in the you... early life, but adult life, oh, it gets real. It gets real. And I'm, I'm trying to calm myself just thinking about it, but we'll get into that. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't you get started before, okay. <laughs> before all the... Stu- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Abel Tasman's early life. Go! So, Abel Tasman was born in probably 1603 in the little town of Lutjegast. <laughs> or Lutjegast. I have no idea. It's in the fucking Netherlands. You get the point. Uh, and pretty much all we know about his early life is that he received a decent education that allowed him to write effectively and that he was also a, a skilled navigator. That's I, it. That's all we know? Pretty much. That's the real problem with history, isn't it? If you mm. get, go back past the 20th century, you're talking mm-hmm. about he did some things maybe we think and was somewhere maybe we think. And then he was in United, the United States or he was in, you know. <laughs> yes. They just pop up all over the place. Right. 
Yes. But the hieroglyphics so, are not grifficking, so we'll have to move on. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not a bad word. Oh, shit. So we'll skip forward a bit, and Abel is an adult, and he's married. Oh, good. And he's married to a woman named Klesgi Mandrix. What? Something like oh, that. What? That's it's a Dutch. I, you know, it's Klesgi. 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 Klesgi Mandrix. Yeah, I don't know. Hold on. I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google it. We I'm are gonna... like 46 minutes into this. <laughs> How to pronounce Klavgi. How to pronounce Tasman. I didn't look for Abel... T Why is it asking me, telling me how to pronounce Abel Tasman? Ooh, that's, that's All I put creepy. in was how to pronounce Klazgi. And it's showing me only results for Abel Tasman. What uh, the fuck uh. is this? Dude, this is weird. Yeah. That's, that's Did it do it for you? Deep shit, no. Which is that's odd really because weird. I'm on so many FBI lists. <laughs> uh, I'm on a YouTube video right now that says how to pronounce Say that again? Man. What? What? Hey, are you there? Are you there? Yeah. Okay, I lost you for a second. What? What's going on? Can you hear me? I can hear you! Something weird is happening, man. We're being listened into. Yeah, gotta be. Cause look, yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, I googled how to pronounce Klaesgi. Yeah. And it only brought up shit about Tasman. What the fuck is this? And there's only five pages of results. This is... This is Putin's work right now. This is... Alright, I'm going to DuckDuckGo. That was weird! Mmm. How to pronounce Klaeski. Hey, and DuckDuckGo brought up exactly what I needed. Hmm. Now, it could be because you're signed into Google. That's true. And it could have read our Google Doc, even though we don't have the script. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's Klaeski. Klaeski? Klaeski. Klaeski Mendrix. All right. Uh, I know we're completely off the rails, but that was weird. And it's really not important because she dies right away. Oh pretty much. <laughs> uh, They do. They All did of have that a daughter, for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so next, uh, at the age of twenty-eight, Abel married a second wife, some twenty-one-year-old girl named. Uh, here we go again. Uh, Jeanette J. Tigers. Okay. No idea what that is. Yep. We'll just call her Jan. Yeah. Exactly. So then Abel got employed by the good old Dutch East India Company and <laughs> sailed from the Netherlands to Batavia. Oh. Where was Batavia? It's, today Batavia is Jakarta, Indonesia, which is kind of cool, I guess. That is interesting. Yeah. Huh. And at the time, it was the capital of the Dutch East Indies, so it was their big headquarters out there. Oh, okay. Because mm -hmm. I was imagining Batavia in Illinois, but whatever. It kind of sounds like it would belong here. Yeah, no. Yeah, or like right next to Bohemia in Germany or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Batavia. So what's he doing in Batavia? Well, in May of 1634, Abel is a skipper aboard some Dutch ship that has been given the job of exploring the Indonesian island of Serum. Okay. Why? Yeah. Well, the locals had been selling local spices to a bunch of European buyers who weren't Dutch. How dare they? Yeah. 
So the Dutch mm -hmm. East India Company was like, Whoa, ho, ho, hang on there, Serum. Did we say you could do that? And so the and? ship that Abel was on was sent to Serum. And I have no idea why. Uh, <laughs> it didn't say, but I'm guessing their mission was to basically encourage the locals to only sell spices to the Dutch to maintain right. that spicy monopoly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, things spicy don't... monopoly, is that when you, like, play Monopoly and... This is going to be Dance, bad. The, I, the, the tango or the salsa or whatever the fuck. Is that spicy Monopoly? Uh, not only did you offend so many cultures with that sentence, <laughs> but you offended Mr. Monopoly himself. Oh, dear. Jesus Christ. Because he owns all of our souls, and we are made in his image. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got a spice monopoly. Yeah, and they're going. And to how the are island. things going? Yeah, it, things are not going well. So okay. the crew lands and just walks right into the camps of the natives with a message of Jesus. Except this time, Jesus says, "Stop selling spices to the other Europeans," and what? this kind of pisses the natives off. So they immediately massacre the entire landing crew, except for our boy Abel Tasman, who manages to escape by running his ass off back to his ship. Wait, so the natives killed the. The whole crew of the Dutch, oh, the Dutch crew. Yeah, they landed. They Just like, because they said stop sp selling your spices to other Europeans? Yeah, well, but picture how that is. Like, if you're no, a no, native... No, I mean it, but I'm... And yeah, go ahead. You should be able to sell the spices to whoever you want. Right, so they're right. trying to basically extort you almost. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Got it. Uh, that's colonialism in a nutshell. But we oh. won't get too political. <laughs> All right, anyway... It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, for the next... He, he survives that. He makes it back to... Um, whatever that island was, Batavia, or city, Batavia. And for the next three years, he was employed in anti-smuggling operations, which probably sounds a lot more exciting than it actually was. Because probably. nothing happened. Actually, probably oh. a lot happened, we just don't have it. Nice. So, but by uh, 1637, Abel was living back in Amsterdam and decided to sign on for another 10 years with the Dutch East India Company because last time went so well. Right. <laughs> so he, his wife, and his daughter moved back to Batavia in Indonesia in 1638. Uh, and uh, Abel became a skipper of a flute. What? A flute? <laughs> I think it's a uh, type of boat. <laughs> I just imagine him skipping over flutes. I don't know. Basically, yeah. I take everything literally. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> So this flute went on a couple nights. I am literally a burrito. <laughs> yes. Uh, Varus. <laughs> Carry on. So what about this flute? It, Tell us about this flute. It, the flute went on a couple minor trading and military excursions, uh, all, although while Abel is becoming well-known for being such a great skipper and navigator. Okay. A and this is where we'll leave Abel until we are able to return back to him. Abel, Abel, Abel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I actually just, my heart just had this huge, uh, like, piercing. Uh, you may be able to hear it when you play this back. I, in the middle of my sentence, I, I like, falter because of the pain that my heart just had. Which <laughs> isn't good. <laughs> no, that's not good. I'm 24 years old, and, uh, oh well, you know, things, things come, things go. Like uh, Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, like Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm good. I'm good. So it's like it's almost like I really should have spent some time perfecting an Alex Jones impression before coming on this show. Mm, mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> well. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. The globalist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. That's all you need to know. The globalists. <laughs> That's all you gotta say. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So shall we roll into Colonel Sanders' adult life? With all haste. Or do you want to take a break? Right. I'm good with Colonel Sanders. Uh, I kind of want to take a little break. Okay. I just want to get a little, get little, a little breaksy, food. Little breaksy doodle. Let's take a little... Breaks a doodle. Whip out your noodle. <laughs> don't. Actually, please don't. Never mind. Put Shut it away. Up. Just <laughs> cut this out. You have to cut this out. All right, so we're taking a little breaksy doodle. Yes. Mmm. I am eating a delicious ham sandwich. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> what are you doing, James? Mm. Uh, I'm lying on the closet floor, and the only thing I have to do was this plastic fell off of uh, one of the coats in here. And so I'm, like, stuffing the plastic wrap into a chair. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I'm bored. I have a laptop and all of the internet right in front of me, but instead I'm stuffing plastic into a chair. Yeah. I think that's the first warning sign of Alzheimer's. <laughs> Alright. Were you just slapping your ass? Because <laughs> that's yes. what it sounded like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am calling you an ass face. Yes. Good. All right. Uh, let me give you an official welcome back to We Talk About Dead People. And when we left off, we were talking about Abel Tasman's early life. Hmm. And now we're going to be talking about Colonel Sanders' adult life. Because mm -hmm. that's when things actually happen with Colonel Sanders. Okay. All right. So, when we left Colonel Sanders... Oh, God. Oh, oh my sorry. God. Jesus. <laughs> So when we left Colonel Sanders, we saw him working like mad in a whole bunch of different jobs, just trying to keep his family fed, and finally working law before fighting with his own client in court. Right. <laughs> and then he moved back in with his mom. Mm. And it kind of thing seems like things are over for him, right? Well, he could uh, get on Overwatch or uh, League of Legends. That's always an option. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So in, he doesn't do that because... Fuck you. In 1916, <laughs> Sanders goes to Jeffersonville, Indiana, uh -huh. and starts selling life insurance for the Prudential Life Insurance Company. Wow. Then he gets fired for insubordination. <laughs> okay. And then he goes to Louisville and gets another job uh, as an insurance salesman with Mutual Benefit Life. Hmm. But this guy is not just some salesman. Hmm. No, sir. He's an entrepreneur. Ah. So he starts, he comes up with this brilliant idea to okay. start a ferry boat company to transport people across the Ohio River, linking the town of Jeffersonville with the town of Louisville. Great idea. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it just seems kind of obvious. Yeah, <laughs> like, it does. <laughs> there's a big river between these two cities. Mm. Maybe we should connect them somehow. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the company is a huge success, mm -hmm. obviously. And it finally gives Colonel Sanders the push he needs to start making the world bow to him at last. Excellent. So in 1922, at the age of 32, Sanders starts working as the secretary of the chamber at the Chamber of Commerce in Columbus, Indiana. Hmm. Um, but then he quits that job after less than a year because he basically knows he sucks at the job. <laughs> oh, honesty, all right. <laughs> yeah, so he sells his shares in the ferry boat company, uh, which was worth, worth a little uh, less than half a million dollars, huh. and put it all down on a company selling acetylene lamps. Okay. The company fails, and he loses everything. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right, so wow. he was on his way to becoming a respected member of the community. You know, he was in government or yeah. whatever. 
Um, he owned this, or was, you know, partially owned this ferry boat business, uh-huh. and he gives it all up for some acetylene lamps. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of like almost back to square one, basically. Wow. So he moves to Winchester at 32, mm-hmm. or maybe a little older than that. Um, but anyway, so he moves to Winchester, Kentucky. Uh-oh. <laughs> yep. Because uh, now we're in oh, real shit. Kentucky. I didn't even put yep. that together. <gasps> we're in Kentucky, and oh. it's Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, baby. So he starts working as a salesman at Michelin Tires. Ah. And in 1924, he's laid off. <laughs> of course. And then just happens to run into the general manager of an oil company. Uh-huh. And this manager asks him to run a gas station. All right. Which he does for about five years. Um, until 1930, when the Great Depression <laughs> kills that operation. Oh, God. Wow. So it's like one failure after another. There is no stability in this guy's life. No. Like, for real, there is no stability. Um, so, like, <laughs> here's the thing. He's mm-hmm. still in Kentucky, and there's still such a thing as gas stations. Sure. Uh, so Colonel Sanders lands a sick job running another gas station. Nice. Um, but he, And he also gets to live there rent-free, um, huh. so long as a percentage of his sales go to the Shell Oil Company. Fair enough. Right. So then Sanders gets this brilliant idea, mm-hmm. and it's just brilliant why not serve home-cooked meals out of his gas station great yeah so he starts working on that idea Mm -hmm. initially cooking and serving out of his own private quarters in this gas station in kentucky um and you would think like he's selling lots of fried chicken because it's colonel sanders and he is selling some fried chicken all right but it takes too long to cook so he's mostly serving like country ham and steak Huh. Um, and if you're not hungry yet, just get ready. Yeah. Get get ready. So the idea is a huge hit, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so he eventually constructs a restaurant oh, attached nice. to the gas station. But this is not without its own problems. Uh-huh. <laughs> problems like murder. <laughs> <laughs> God. You see, uh-huh. Colonel Sanders was in Kentucky. And not just Kentucky. Like... Kentucky, Kentucky, like oh. the armpit of the nation, right? Yes. And it's known colloquially as a shit you not, the asshole of all creation. <laughs> it's a stretch of Kentucky that is notorious for violence and moonshinery. Okay. Um, and there's one example where Sanders is asleep in his gas station and he wakes up to the sound of gunfire. <laughs> and there's this sh- street shooting going on between two moonshiners. Uh-huh. Um, and nobody's winning, nobody's actually getting shot, and yeah. it's kind of going nowhere. But it quits altogether when Sanders storms in out into the middle of it, <laughs> wearing just his tidy whiteies. <laughs> and he levels a massive shotgun at the two and forces them to surrender their weapons. That is so badass. <laughs> yeah, wow. and then he... Ro- I, this is like the craziest part of the story, and okay. I think I got this from... From daminteresting.com. Yeah. I was just reading this this one anecdote. Um, he he rode with the cops to the police station to serve oh. as a witness or whatever. Uh-huh. And he didn't put on any pants. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a man's got to be efficient. Yeah. When there's crime, you gotta squash that. You gotta be aerodynamic when fighting crime. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> yes. Yes. So anyway, he starts... Colonel Xander starts advertising for his gas station, particularly the food he serves. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other gas stations that are serving food, but he's like, my food's better on his yeah. ads or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And there's this guy who's really pissed off with this, and his name is Matt Stewart. Okay. Um, and Matt is selling food, too. Mm-hmm. And he's seeing a loss in sales because Colonel Sanders is doing so goddamn well on the food front. Yeah. 
Uh, so Matt is like, fuck this guy, and he goes out and paints over a sign uh, <laughs> oh, for Colonel Sanders' service station oh. uh, in order to minimize the competition, so which putty. is just, it's a shitty thing to do, <laughs> you know? He's, he paid for the ad, like, what? come yeah. on. So anyway, Matt's painting over this sign, and Colonel Sanders rolls up in a car with a fucking gun. Oh, God. And two other armed employees. <laughs> and here's the thing. That sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. But Matt, this guy painting over the sign, yeah. jumps off his ladder, draws his own weapon, <laughs> and starts shooting first. So, let me get this straight. Yes. <laughs> it is basically a bunch of Kentucky people shooting at each other over chicken. At a gas station. Some things never change. <laughs> So they're they're in this shootout with literally Colonel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> um and Matt started shooting first though. Like that's the that's the real takeaway here because he killed one of the guys with Sanders. Oh Jesus. Just some gas station employee <laughs> dying in the name of his gas station in Kentucky. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Is that horrific? <laughs> Can't even wow. believe that happened. So anyway, uh Sanders manages to shoot Matt too. Oh. Almost as soon as the fight began, and Matt ended up going to prison for the murder of one of this employee. Good. Um, and obviously, it doesn't. It seems like Sanders basically got off scot free. Yeah. Um, even though he rolled up armed and ready to fight, I don't know. Well, it could be seen as vandalism or destruction of personal property if that That's was true. his ad. So. That is true. With laws back then, and it being Kentucky, that could have been perceived as justice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But anyway, so besides that, how are things down at the old gas station? Uh, Guess? A, a little moodier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, Colonel Sanders is kind of doing everything he can to attract visitors. Sure. Um, so he basically turned his gas station into something like a miniature and sad Disney World. <laughs> um, it's kind of like, have I told you about Bucky's yet? I don't think so. It's the, re it's the, not restaurant, but the gas station down here. No. It's like legendary. Okay. Um, because it is the biggest gas station I have ever seen. Wow. I mean, it's like dozens and dozens <laughs> of pumps. Wow. Like, it's okay. like the, the Woodfield Mall of gas stations. Sure. Yeah. And there's like a Walmart super center attached to it. Of course. That's Bucky's own super center. And they sell, they sell like, uh... Like t-shirts with the Bucky's logo on it and hats, and they have. Oh, okay. Yeah, I and they I've have uh, Yeah, they have uh, What are they called? Oh yeah, so there's a there's a they they fry this shit up. I don't remember what it's called, but they call it's a it's this sweet, crunchy kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit like like uh, caramel corn, but not it's not corn. I don't know what it is, but sure. They're called beaver nuggets, which. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Texas. <laughs> Make of that what you will. When my dad came to visit me, we drove an hour and a half to get to Bucky's to get him some beaver nuggets, which he then took on a plane to California to give uh, to one of his co-workers. Wow. Which I, I, <laughs> hey, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Man's got to get his beaver nuggets. That's just... Jeez. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so he's like got this place turned into like a, a mini Bucky's, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, and, uh, <laughs> there's, like, this one thing he does that I love. Okay. Um, he'd sometimes ask his customers if they'd like to meet, uh, his friend who's a braying jackass. <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes them outside to meet his donkey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, the other thing he's doing, working on this whole time is he's working on this, like, a way to fry chicken super fast, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to do this by way of pressure cooker. Sure. So it's not technically fried chicken. It's pressure cooked fried chicken. Right. Or um, but, like, he wants to develop this system because his fried chicken is super popular. Um, it just takes it's too not long. The, yeah, it just takes too goddamn long to make. Yeah. So he's getting some local recognition, too, because he's, like, such a card. Yeah. Um, he was awarded the highest award you could win in Kentucky, which is the Kentucky Colonel Award. Oh. Uh, thus, Colonel Sanders. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in 1940, he finally perfects his secret recipe for fried chicken, and oh, then... Ray. Do you know what time it is? No. Oh, no. No, no, not it's now. It's time for not Pearl him. Harbor. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Just... <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. So that happened. Oh, God. Um, but Colonel Sanders is far too old at this point to actually serve in the military, Good. so he doesn't. Okay. He gets involved a little bit, though. Sure. Uh, aiding in some way, and I couldn't figure out exactly the details of this, uh -huh. but he was involved somehow in the construction of the nuclear bombs that have, would eventually <laughs> fall on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think basically he rented out a facility or some shit. I'm okay. totally, probably totally wrong on that. What? And... You're probably wondering why I didn't pursue that any farther. Well, it's because it was really hard to find consistent sources. Sure. So, That's um, weird. <laughs> yeah, but like on the everyday end of things, gas is being rationed, so mm. business begins to dry up. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he's selling more food than he's selling gas, right? Yeah. Um, but people aren't stopping by because they don't need gas. It's just, oh, it's just another restaurant or whatever. Sure. Um, he's selling a lot of his smaller businesses, um, which he'd been sort of accruing over these years. Okay. Um, and then he puts his secret mistress in charge of the ones that he doesn't sell. That sounds so American to Yeah, me. so he had a secret mistress <laughs> right. named Claudia. Okay. Um, and Sanders ended up divorcing his wife, Josephine, to marry her in 1949. Well, that's shitty. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know what became of the kids, but, I don't, you know, there you go. Mm. I mean, they were probably grown up at this point. Sure. Um, but anyway, so all this time, Sanders had been working on this secret recipe for his soon-to-be-legendary Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hmm. It was a blend of herbs and spices that would rock the whole goddamn world and give the stupid fat masses all the best <laughs> fried chicken they could eat before they all died of heart disease. Shit. Yeah. Sounds good so, to me. Yeah, let's get in on this boat. I don't know. Yeah. So Sanders begins this secret blend, or franchises this secret uh, blend of herbs and spices to a guy from Utah. Hmm who just so happened to operate several of the largest restaurants in the state. Okay. And a year after they started selling this shit, not not chicken, the secret blend of herbs and spices. Or right. Um, this thing exploded. Sure. Um, wow. And, <laughs> like, and it was just his, it was just his spice blend, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, like, 75% of the sales increase that year came from fried chicken. Ah. Uh, right? Yeah. And, yeah, so it's, like, really becoming a big thing. Uh -huh. But here's the thing. Colonel Sanders is 65. Oh, God. At this point. Yeah. And he's closed his gas station. Um, and all he's got is this, this like, secret blend of herbs and spices, yeah. basically. 
And a and a lover. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he only has his savings and $105 a month from Social Security. Hmm. So again, at 65, Sanders decides to hustle. Mm-hmm. So he travels from state to state looking for restaurants that would be interested in selling his product. Okay. Uh, you know, becoming franchisees, right? Yeah. Uh, and the way he did this is exactly like what you might expect. Um, he would go from restaurant to restaurant personally cooking for the staff hmm. uh, and seeing if he could convince the management to buy into his franchise. Wow. And during all this, he was sleeping in his car. Oh, God. At 65. Yeah. Oof. Um, yeah, but it paid off, though. Uh-huh. Uh, because eventually it wasn't him going to the restaurants. They were coming to him. Aha. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, and his new wife, Claudia, just kept busy, like, mixing and distributing this secret blend mm. of herbs and spices to restaurants all over the country to find more franchisees. And goddamn, did this shit take off. Oh, yeah. Like, the thing went international. <laughs> it went to Canada, the UK, Mexico, fucking Jamaica in, like, a few years. Wow. And in 1963, they trademarked the phrase, it's finger licking good. Well, there it is. There it is. So 1964 rolls around, and Sanders is 73. <laughs> Jeez. He's got more than 600 new franchisees, and he's just struggling to keep up because yeah. he's 73. Of course. <laughs> right. So in 1964, it gets to be too much. So he sells the company for about $16 million Jesus. and pieces the fuck out. <laughs> right. Except not entirely. Okay. Obviously, because, yeah. you know, his face is still he's, on the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he becomes what's called the brand ambassador, mm. um, which basically he bec- means he becomes the company mascot mm-hmm. uh, and gets a salary to represent the restaurant. Sure. So Sanders moves to Ontario and starts going all over the place, collecting appearance fees and the like. Like he's just getting paid to show up. Right. Which, that is a sweet job. <laughs> yeah. um, and then around this time, he also becomes a Christian. Mm. Uh, he was baptized in the actual Jordan River in 1970. Okay, that's pretty um, badass. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, Legit. Yeah, so he, like, went away from religion for a while and then kind of went back to it when he got old. Yeah. Interesting. So he made himself also best pals with Billy Graham mm. and Jerry Falwell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Friends in high places. Mm. Uh, the highest, the utmost, the greatest heaven. Chicken. The Celestial Kingdom of Fried Chicken. <laughs> I hope so. So, like, oh. despite what you may think of, like, becoming friends with Jerry Falwell and sure. Billy Graham, yeah. um, Colonel Sanders seemed like he knew he was entering into the ending days of his life. Mm. Um, like, he was appearing in TV commercials and traveling all the time and operating as this mascot for this monster of a company that he spawned just by figuring out a tasty blend of herbs and spices. Wow. I am not getting paid for this, by the way. Um, <laughs> but the problem was, the company was obviously... Um, no longer his. Yeah. And neither was the food. Mm. So he started, like, actually going to these KFC franchise restaurants uh, yeah. in 1970s. And every time, he was really pissed off with how bad the food was. <laughs> he huh. described it as, quote, goddamn slop and shoved it <laughs> onto the floor right in front of the owners. Well, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Ray Kroc. And uh, really? kind of stealing the monopoly on the food from those two brothers and just yeah. kind of fucking them over. It's actually a really similar story. Yeah. Um, I didn't even, I mean, I thought of Ray Kroc a few times, but I didn't even make that direct comparison. Yeah. I think of that exactly. But yeah, so it's kind of a similar deal. Like, he found something that worked and people were like, let's make you a lot of money. And they do. And then they're like, now it's ours. And yeah. 
uh, fuck your original vision, Yeah, sir. the art is turned into a, a company, almost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty mad. Yeah. Um, and he sues the buyers of the company, hmm. uh, I think it's wow. Hobline Incorporated, uh, for using his image to advertise products he hadn't actually been a part of Interesting. making. Interesting, yeah. Right, so the only thing was that this, uh, that he had at this point was, like, his delicious blend of herbs and spices, <laughs> which, which you must... Must taste for yourself to truly believe. It's amazing. <laughs> truly amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, Hobline or Hubline or whatever, Hubline, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hobline, uh, fuck, I don't I don't care. I don't I just don't care. They countersued him for libel. Mm. Cause he was basically, you know, saying they had their changed brand everything. Shit. Yeah. yeah, um but uh they lost. Huh. And uh well, good. Yeah, so, like, they, I mean, they lost, but they were, like, saying he owed them them money. Oh, weird. Okay. Uh, for publicly describing their gravy as sludge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's that. Uh, that's where we're going to leave Colonel Sanders for now. Okay. Uh, and when we come back, we'll be talking about his end and death. That's kind of tragic. I, I don't it know. Is. <laughs> yeah. It's a sad story. It is sad. It's, uh, I mean... He, he hustled his whole life. He finally found the thing that worked really, really late in life. Yeah. Um, started making the money he'd always dreamed he'd have. You know? Um, I mean, he worked as a gas station owner, for Christ's sake, for a really long time. Mm. And then it took off and bam, vision gone. Wow. Mm. Kind of sad. It is sad. So I want you to tell us about Abel Tasman's adult life. I would like to as well, but uh, I need to take a break. And I know we've taken oh. about five breaks thus far, but I'm sitting on this this carpet floor of your brother's closet, and my ass has fallen asleep. <laughs> it's like 88 degrees in here. I'm sweating through my shirt. It's just a god. And we are back to we talk about dead people. And when we left off, we were talking about Colonel Sanders' uh, depressing later life. Sad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now we'll be talking about Abel Tasman's adult life. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. So take it away, James. Tell us about Abel Tasman. I will remind the audience that this is... Um, it's going to get graphic and scary. So... Yeah. Sit up. Be ready. Tie your cat to the bed sheets and take a few breaths. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) When we last left Abel Tasman, he was a skipper on a flute, and that flute was a fluting. (laughs) Anyway, because Abel proved himself as a skilled navigator, he was appointed appointed in 1639 as second in command of two ships to explore the North Pacific. Second in command. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So they're going to the North Pacific, particularly the areas around Korea and Siberia. So uh, the top guy on this voyage was a guy by the name of Matt Hidgesquast. The J's are pronounced like Y's, right? Matthias. Matthias. That'd make a lot more sense, actually. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with Matt Hidgesquast. All right. So Quast uh, and Quast really, really, really wanted to, wanted to find some new islands on this voyage. Uh, in fact, he wanted to find new places so bad that he promised bonuses to whichever crew member first sighted land. Oh, yeah. okay. But if you were to fall asleep while on watch, 
you'd lose one month's pay and receive 50 lashings. Oh my god! And if you fell asleep for a second time, you'd lose two months' pay and got a hundred lashings. Oh my god, what the yeah. hell? And if this happened a third time, you would be killed! What? <laughs> so, Quast was a charming fella. Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. uh, and unfortunately, things went poorly pretty much immediately. Both of the ships were just real pieces of shit and just started falling <laughs> apart right away. <laughs> of course they did. Uh, also, the crew ran out of fresh food, like, right away, uh, and disease <laughs> began to spread through the ranks. Oh my god. Uh, they were eventually forced back after 41 of the 90 crew members died. <laughs> Holy so, shit. nearly half. Yeah. That's a perilous journey if I ever heard one. Yeah, and what's kind of funny is Quast, the uh, the guy in charge of this, this is the only thing he's known for. His Wikipedia page is like a paragraph on this, <laughs> on this adventure, and it's a terrible adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, nice. don't be a Quast, everyone. Be an Abel. So, upon... <laughs> I thought Abel was horrible. He's actually not that bad. Um, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> it was confusing. He, You're just fucking with he's me. Mo he's, it's more like he's the unluckiest son of a bitch in all of history. Oh, okay, got and it. And we'll get to that, yeah. Okay. So, upon returning, Abel Tasman took up a few jobs with trading ships, traveling to Japan and Cambodia, and then everything changed. Oh, shit. So the Council of the Indies, uh, which was like a big deal and full of big deal men, decided that they needed to find the Province of Beach. <laughs> province of Beach? Yeah. Yes. The Province of Beach itself. A legend among legends, myth among myths. And we'll get into this in a second. So, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Council elected Abel Tasman to lead two ships... The Heemskirch and the Zehain. I'm not Dutch, can you tell? <laughs> so they give Abel these two ships and they tell him to go find the province of Beach. Okay. Now. <laughs> like where? <laughs> well, we'll get into that. So the province of Beach, it's basically El Dorado, except that instead of just being a mere city full of gold, it's a full fucking island full of gold. Tell me more about this province of All beach. Right, so I've got to know more. It's an, it's an entire legend. Uh, and we'll, let's dive into it. So there's this guy named Marco Polo, right? Who the hell is that? Well, yeah, Marco Polo, he invented this game you play in the swimming pool. But what oh, he right, also right. did is he went on that big journey in the mid-1200s all throughout the Middle East and Asia, exploring, meeting important leaders, and recording what he saw. Okay. Really, kind of one of the first big interactions between medieval Europe and the medieval East. So, very important. We'll cover him in a show, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things is, uh, he recorded, so he was recording, of course, what he, he saw along this journey. And one of the things he recorded was that an old Thai kingdom, the kingdom of Lavo, where gold was, quote, so plentiful that no one who did not see it could believe it. What? So he did he really see this? Yeah, thing? probably. Uh, the uh, kingdom of Lavo was a real Lavo in modern day Thailand, and it was very rich, a lot of gold. So, okay. uh, so things are good so far, right? Well, 
Of course, Marco Polo's reports of the wonders of the Orient basically became a big <laughs> deal back home in Europe. <laughs> right! Yeah, everybody wanted to know what was out there. Uh, but through the next 300 years of multiple translations, multiple accounts, and the invention of the printing press, things get messy. So, okay. So that really rich Thai kingdom, with all that gold, the kingdom of Lavo, got changed to the kingdom of Lokach, thanks to a Cantonese pronunciation. Okay. Then the Germans came along, and like the <laughs> Germans do, messed everything up even more. <laughs> the <laughs> translation Lokach was translated as Boich, because it sounded similar or something. Uh, and then Boich... Lokach. Boich. Uh, it's German, alright? It's Cantonese, it's German, whatever. Uh, alright, alright. And then Boich became just Beach. <laughs> Furthermore, Marco Polo's original directions as how he got to this magical gold land were also chained. chained. Oh! Java was accidentally changed to Champa, which was a real place, um, but it was just 13 miles, or I'm sorry, 1300 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. just, just about 300 years after Marco Polo, you have basically all of Europe believing that there is this kingdom filled to the brink with gold that doesn't exist and right. out in the ocean on an island that doesn't exist <laughs> and this was the elusive province of beach <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's like one mishap after another I know just some venture this whole you know. city <laughs> And to make oh matters worse, <laughs> all these early cartographers, they want to include the province of Beach. So they right. have to put it down there somewhere on the map. <laughs> and so all of these cartographers are simply resorting to drawing the island on their map somewhere in the South Pacific. Uh, and no cartographer wants to be the first one to eliminate the, the province of Beach. So they keep doing it, like, out of peer pressure. <laughs> Which wouldn't be a problem, of course, except sailors and merchants relied on these maps for getting back home. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it is just a goddamn mess. Uh, furthermore, there are these geographers who think since there's so much land in the northern hemisphere, there has to be a lot of land in the southern hemisphere to balance it out. So, obviously, mathematically, the province of Beach must exist. <laughs> and it is just a goddamn shit show. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and so, by, the, by 1642, which, remember, is 400 years after Marco Polo, uh, right. the Dutch Council of the Indies is using these maps and decides to give our boy Abel Tasman the job of actually finding the province of Beach, which all resulted from a few bad translations and a few cartographers giving in to peer pressure. Great. <laughs> this is a combination for success. Yes. Uh all right. All right. So what happened then? Okay, so Abel and his two ships leave Batavia on August 14th, 1642, and they sail west to the then Dutch island of 
Mauritius, uh, which is east of Madagascar, it's still a small island, and I believe India uh, has control over it, but I could be wrong there. Interesting. Uh, but it was Dutch at the time, and here the crew finds plenty of water, fresh food, and timber to load up on and repair their ships with uh, with them, because their ships were also pieces of shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, this was 1642. Well, and there was, a, there was a sentence about this, where basically the council was like, look, this is a of suicide mission in a way <laughs> so we're just gonna send you with the two shittiest boats we have <laughs> yeah not even giving them the best chance that... i know well go die have fun <laughs> right so after this abel gets ready to sail east with hopes at landing next at the solomon islands which are north of australia uh and so they sail east and on november 24th 1642 abel sights the solomon islands Oh, nice. Except it's not the Solomon Islands. It's a new <laughs> undiscovered island. <laughs> so oh, okay. Abel names this new island Van Diemen's Land, after Antonio Van Diemen, who was governor general of the Dutch East Indies. Um, this was not uh, the beach province. Uh, they quickly right. found out because there's just no gold. Yes. <laughs> uh, I lost my space. So, just give me oh, a second. Fuck. And uh, Alright. Okay, later, pretty much the island he found is what we refer to as Tasmania today, because it's, well, it's actually named after him. Uh, Abel right. Tasman, Tasmania. Uh, so he's at Tasmania, and uh, he's sailing his ships around parts of Tasmania, mapping out the various bays that could be used for future landings. Okay. Uh, and their adventure brings them to a bay that Abel names Adventure Bay. <laughs> it's like a water park. <laughs> it is. <laughs> then they go to a bay where there is a storm, so Abel names it Storm Bay. <laughs> Another water park? <laughs> and then they get to a bay in the north called North Bay. Uh, not quite. And here they attack. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Uh, here they attempted to land, but the seas were too rough, so instead the ship's carpenter grabbed the Dutch flag, swam to the island, and planted the flag into the ground before returning. So, wow. pretty epic. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's unnamed, but still. Remember the Dutch ship's carpenter. carpenter. Yeah. And with that, Tasmania became Dutch land on December 3rd, 1642. Despite, of course, the natives who had lived there for thousands of years. <laughs> right. But, but not important, not important. No. Uh, yeah. So next, Abel wanted to sail north, but this plan was ruined by storms and strong winds that pushed him and his ships east. Uh, and this was a particularly rough part of the journey, and Abel wrote in his diary that his compass was literally the only thing keeping him alive. God damn. Yep. <laughs> And what? here we have it. What? Here it is. Um, if the story ended here, it would have been great. Abel could have returned oh, home with fame for discovering the beautiful island of Tasmania. That could have oh. been it. He could have been rolling in money and those Dutch girls. But instead... Uh, instead... Instead, Abel Tasman had to go fuck himself and fuck all of us. What did he do? What did he do? On December 13th, 1642, Abel Tasman sighted land. Oh? And what was this land, you ask? It was I... fucking New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> so Abel and his ship sail along New Zealand for a few days, and then Abel sends some boys ashore to go gather water. Uh, and then I'll just let Abel do the talking for what happened. And I'm gonna give him okay. the shittiest voice because he deserves it. In the evening, about one hour after sunset, we saw many lights on land and four vessels near the shore, two of which betook themselves towards us. 
When our two boats returned to the ships reporting that they had found not less than 13 fathoms of water, and with the sinking of the sun, which sank behind the high land, they had been still about a half mile from the shore. After our people had been on board and about one glass, people in the two canoes began to call out to us in gruff, hollow voices. We could not in the least understand any of it. However, when they called out again several times, we called back to them as a token answer, but they did not come nearer than a stone's shot. They also blew many times on an instrument which produced a sound like the Moor's trumpets. We had one of our sailors, who could play somewhat on the trumpet, play some tunes to answer them. Oh, so they've made contact with the natives. Yeah, so the natives are coming out in canoes and they're yelling at each other and playing trumpets uh, to answer the, the trumpets of the natives. Uh, but the natives were j they were not trying to play a trumpet duet. Uh, and when 22 canoes filled with native warriors started slowly approaching Abel's ships, tensions rose really quickly. Uh, oh, shit. And actually a full-out battle ensued. Uh, oh, my God. And in the, uh, the scuffle, the Dutch proceeded to blast one of the canoes with canister shot. Uh, and then the natives managed to club to death four of the Dutch sailors. Oh, God. <laughs> so Abel and his dudes uh, sailed away, but not before he named this spot Murderer's Bay. Oh. But that's what you get, fucking Abel Tasman. <laughs> All right. So Wait, so that's how it goes, right? Mm -hmm. You come across some natives, yes. obviously, and you try talking to each other, and then you play trumpets for one another, and then you shoot each other? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah. So then what? Sorry, uh, just a lot of emotions. So then Abel Tasman <laughs> sailed around New Zealand for a little bit more, until they decided that these islands were just, you know, actual pieces of shit floating around the ocean, polluting all the sea creatures, and so they left. Uh, and then they almost shipwrecked on the Fiji Islands. Um, of course. But they didn't, and they managed to return to Batavia on June 15th, 1643. And after a few months, he was given a new job of uh, taking some ships to found a settlement in the Tonga Islands, and from there to go east and raid the coast of Chile. <laughs> raid yes. the coast of Chile? <laughs> so, so okay. get this, it's the Dutch... Based in Indonesia, who are moving to the Tonga Islands to attack South America. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Different times. Yes. But if ain't if it ain't Dutch, it ain't much, or uh, something like that. So <laughs> off they went. Oh, God. Uh, and he was also given the job of finding a passage between Carpentaria and DeWitt's land. Um, but uh, Abel did neither of these things, and he ended oh? up just fucking around the northern coast of Australia, <laughs> making some charts and recording on what the natives were up to. Uh, <laughs> and then he returned to Batavia, where the council wasn't really too happy with him, but they gave him their, their thanks, and he got a pay raise as well. Oh. And that is where we'll leave him for now. But, um, I want to make something, uh, quite clear. Okay. <laughs> and you might know where I'm going with this, but... I, ch I chose this character, uh, because the world has to know just what a real piece of shit those two islands are. Um, and of course I'm talking about New Zealand. And... People might say, you know, James, New Zealand's a wonderful place. It's beautiful, there are beautiful people, there are sheep, everyone's kind. And it's like, you're so blind. You are so fucking blind. And 
they'll, they'll come back to me and they'll be like, no, but see, New Zealand, it's it's a wonderful place filled with wonderful people, and god damn it, do they believe in human rights. I mean, come on, for fuck's sake, New Zealand was the first country in the world who allowed women to vote. Right? Right? And it's a compelling argument, but it, they're, so, they're so misled, which is funny. It's brilliant. The argument is absolutely brilliant. They're using human rights to, to protect against the fact that they're just living on two pieces of shit. It's like, it's like saying this. Uh, if Beelzebub would give you a foot massage, and you're like, oh, a foot massage is great, except it's being given to you by fucking Beelzebub! And that's <laughs> the same thing with New Zealand, is they use these arguments, and it's just, oh my god, it's just the... I have to ask, I have to ask, uh-huh. what is wrong with New Zealand? Mm. Alright, do, do we want to get real here? Uh, we want to get real we here. Do we want to do this What right happened now? to you? Yep, we want to do this right now. What is your problem with New Zealand? <laughs> Seriously, James. I live in Illinois, right? Right. And it's tough, man, alright? It's tough. Yeah. Illinois is just... It's flatter than a cow's ass, and it's... There is... <laughs> there's nothing here. There's no hills, there are no mountains. We barely have rivers or... Or forests, for God's sake. We don't have any ocean. All we have is the, the tip of Lake Michigan, which is just full of all the garbage that Chicago dumps into it. There's just nothing there. There's nothing in this state. There's no beauty. And when I see New Zealand, it's just so fucking beautiful, man. It's got mountains. It's I mean, Lord of the Rings was filmed there, for God's sake. They've got oceans. They've got sheep and beautiful people. And they're so fucking nice, and they're friendly. And here in Illinois, it's just like... Like a rat's ass. And it's... It's just goddamn not fair! And... It's... I guess it's just jealousy. It, it's... I just wanna be... I just wanna be a fucking New Zealander deep down inside. And... Oh. <laughs> Fuck! Fuck! What? What? Fuck. James! Get yourself! What the fuck? It's a fucking bull- <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. They're so blind. Alright. What the fuck is happening? Alright, I am... I'm good. So, um... Holy shit! Colonel Sanders ended in death, right? What were we... Is that where we were? What the fuck just happened? You, you asked me a question, I gave you an answer. What more can you ask for? Alright. I can ask you to mark it. <laughs> <clears throat> so shall we go to Colonel Sanders and and death? I, I just have one more thing to say. Okay. If you are from New Zealand, if you happen to be there. Fuck you! Oh my god. Okay, so when we left Colonel Sanders, mm -hmm. uh, he was in the midst of several lawsuits, ah. pretty much because the franchise he started had become a monster he no longer recognized. Right. And was even being publicly despised. Right. <laughs> even by him. Especially by him, actually. Mm. In fact, he had reopened one of his restaurants and named it Claudia Sanders, the Colonel's Lady, <laughs> to sell fried chicken there using the same blend of herbs and spices that he no longer had the rights mm. to. And of course, that big-ass company, Hugh Holbein or whatever, sued him for yeah. this. So he changed the name and slightly changed the recipe so as not to be violating the terms he had set up with that company. Uh. 
And the restaurant is actually still open today. Oh, really? Where is it? Uh, I think Kentucky. Probably. Let me look. I want fried Claudie. chicken so badly right now. Colonel's Lady. It it's is... now called Claudia Sanders Dinner House. Yeah, Shelbyville, Kentucky. Wow. Wow. Let's look at some uh let's look up some Yelp reviews, huh? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna look at some Google reviews. Uh sort by lowest rating. <laughs> <laughs> the salads were soggy, instant mashed potatoes and frozen green beans. Lee's has better fried chicken. A far cry from the original restaurant, Claudia Sanders would be turning over in her grave. Oh, jeez. <laughs> My god. Nightmare, it was doomed from the start. It took three tries for them to serve Diet Cokes, which weren't flat. <laughs> but let's read the best ratings. Highest ratings. And this is from local guide David Harrison. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. He says, this is a home that serves some of the finest chicken dishes along with generous helpings of other local fare. They have excellent steaks, a decent salad bar, and terrific soups. There is also an excellent brunch bar to beat the band on weekends. Hmm. All right. Thank you, David. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, cool place. If we're ever in uh, Kentucky, yeah. you should go. Yeah. If we're ever in Kentucky, God forbid, yeah. uh, we will go. Yeah, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's still open. Um. But Sanders really never got over what had happened mm. uh, with the whole using his character as a mascot and then completely turning his product into a mess. Yeah. Um, which is really sad because, uh, well, here's a quote. Excuse me. <laughs> here's a quote. In the late 1970s, he told a newspaper the following. Uh... My God, that gravy is horrible. They buy tap water for 15 to 20 cents a thousand gallons, and they mix it with flour and starch. Damn it, I can't do this accent. Starch. And end up with pure wallpaper paste. Oh, God. <laughs> and I know wallpaper paste, by God, because I've seen my mother make it. <laughs> There's no nutrition in it, and they ought not to be allowed to sell it. The crispy recipe is nothing in the world but a damn fried dough ball stuck on some chicken. Oh. <laughs> Not oh. happy with where the restaurant went. No. But uh, it wasn't to last, because in 1980, Sanders was diagnosed with leukemia and died within a year. He was buried in his white suit and tie, buried as a mascot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> And when he died, Kentucky Fried Chicken, not his company anymore, was making $2 billion a year. Oh God, wow. <laughs> okay. Isn't that sad? That's really sad. I know. What a poor dude. Yeah, well, he wasn't a poor dude. Well, he was just a poor dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so why don't you tell us about Abel Tasman's end and death? Oh, sure. So, on November 2nd, 1644, Abel Tasman was a... Uh, Oh, what the fuck? Where did I... Oh, yeah, what? so we left off, and he returned back to, um, Batavia, and was like, Hey, guys, they didn't really do your mission, but they, uh, they gave him a pay raise anyway. Right, right. They also appointed him as a member of the Council of Justice of Batavia for his endeavors. Uh, in 1646, he went on a trip to Sumatra, and in 1647, he went, uh, he was sent to Siam, which is now Thailand, to deliver letters to the King of Siam, where the king welcomed him very warmly. Kind of cool. Nice! Uh, then Abel was given a fleet of eight warships to go annoy the Spanish with, uh, <laughs> because Spanish ships heavy with silver from the Americas often came through here to make it back to Spain. 
uh, which I guess is the long way around. S so what? He's supposed to intercept them and... Yeah, and take the silver. Yep. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but well. instead of pursuing the Spaniards, Abel just kind of fucked around for three months, and then one night he got super drunk and hanged one of his own men without any sort of trial. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, so not a good end. Uh... Jesus. Because of this, upon returning back to Batavia, Abel was removed from office, fined, and made uh, to pay compensations to the murdered man's relatives. So at least... Oh, that's not quite justice. No, it's <laughs> something, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alright, so... Anyway, in 1651, Abel was reinstated to his rank, and he spent the rest of his years living in Batavia, doing quite well for himself. He became one of the largest landowners in all of Batavia, actually. Wow. But eventually death came a knockin' and Abel Tasman died on October 10th, 1659, aged around 55 or so. His property oh, was split okay. between his second wife and his daughter, uh, but he also left some money for the poor of his home village back in the Netherlands, uh, even though it had been a long time since he'd been there. Interesting. Yeah. And then his personal journal was not published for another 250 years. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. That's kind of for an long explorer time. or whatever the hell he was. Yeah. They As really for his legacy, cool. there are just a million places named after him. Uh, most obviously, of course, is Tasmania, the teardrop <laughs> of Australia. <laughs> right. uh, and then there are places within Tasmania named after him, such as the Tasman Peninsula, Tasman Highway, etc. Then there are a bunch of places named after him in New Zealand, but fuck it, I don't care about that shit. Uh, <laughs> there's an indie band, indie band named the Able Tasmans. <laughs> Uh, the Tasman layout engine for Internet Explorer is named after him. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> kind of odd. I haven't thought about Internet Explorer in a long time. Right. Uh, the Royal Australian Navy is going to release a hunter-class frigate named the HMAS Tasman in the late 2020s. And there's also a frickin' asteroid named after him, the 6594 Tasman. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> a lot of, lot of legacy. Yeah. That's about it, though. I am whelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like he was a boring guy. Not by a long shot, but, uh... He didn't... I His story wasn't that long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. But, hey, guess what? What? That's episode 50. Holy shit. Yeah. This is the shit we're producing after 50 episodes? <laughs> wow. Well, do you have anything you'd like to say to our listeners at episode 50? I mean, we have entered our 50s, and we will live not much longer. True. We're entering the golden years of our life. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we, I guess we should say a word. Yeah. Uh, maybe a prayer as well, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll skip the prayer. But, yeah, well, 50 episodes plus a few uh, a few extras. Um, yeah. And we're coming up on a year of our anniversary for our release date. That's that's pretty big stuff, man. Yeah. That's, that's the long This is the longest I've been in a relationship since high school. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I am in love with this podcast. It is a lovely goddess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, no matter how long you've been with us, thanks. Uh, we yeah. appreciate it. We love doing this shit. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of uh, the only thing keeping me going. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. You're engaged. Oh, no, you can't say that shit. <laughs> not true. Oh, my God. It's, it's okay. Seriously. 
Well, yeah, seriously. I mean, hopefully we'll be coming back to you in another 50 episodes to welcome you to episode 100. Absolutely. And maybe by then we'll have even more people listening, because <clears throat> we want people listening. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. But, uh, so that was Colonel Sanders and Abel fucking Tasman. There we go. Yeah. So I'm thinking what we need to mm. do is head back up. Okay. And, uh, I don't know, fire our laser weapon from the spaceship or whatever and blow up the Lord History's home. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to order some KFC. <laughs> I mean... But- I mean, they're the same thing. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> they're blowing something up. <laughs> Either my bowel system or Lord History's lair. Yep. Well. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> I think it's time to go. Off we go. James, mm-hmm. what are you going to do for the rest of the day? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I really like that idea of French fry do or die, my chain of restaurants. Okay. But I also right. really like the idea of going to KFC, ordering seven buckets of chicken, and consuming all of it within half an hour, lying in my greasy bed sheets at home, and crying myself <laughs> to sleep uh, because fucking New Zealand still exists. <clears throat> well... That sounds like a typical day, though. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Uh, <clears throat> what about you? I am going to browse the uh, the KFC website. Oh. Um, and I'm going to hit. I'm going to see what they're. I'm going to see what they're doing. What's the KFC Foundation? Hmm. Hmm. If it would load, I would be able to tell you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! What? They do a lot of donations to charity and shit. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> nice. I can't look, though, because the website won't load, so... I'm telling you, we, we... We've been hacked. <laughs> no, that was weird earlier. It was. <laughs> that was legitimately weird. Yeah. Um... Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, to Google how to pronounce a name and to get just a bunch of Abel Tasman shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, only five pages of it. That was fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, uh, where is my doc? I gotta have my doc. I think it's time to bring the show to an end for the day. Oh, shit, I already fucked it up. Damn it. What? <laughs> Well, I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. Feel free to send all your hate tweets to WTADP Podcast on Twitter. Um, that's WTADP Podcast. Man, I'm completely... Get on with it! <laughs> WTADP Podcast on Twitter. We will read all of your hate tweets and not along. If you do hate us, you're probably right. If you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash We Talk About Dead People. 50 bucks, 20 bucks, even as little as dollars, as much as it costs to... What? Oh, you're putting me on the spot like this? Yes. <sighs> as much as it costs to buy something from KFC? That's not true, but we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of giving KFC that dollar, maybe give us that dollar. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Cup of coffee, man. Cup of coffee. Mm-hmm.
Anything you give, though, helps tremendously. Even if you just retweet the episode, share it with your friends, tell your friends and family about it, I don't know. Uh, whatever you can do to help out is a big help, especially here early on when we have almost no exposure. Um, and we want people to see, we want to expose ourselves to people. Well, not that, is... that kind of exposure. You've done that too much already. No, no, I haven't done it enough, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Because I know what you're talking about, and I'm going to abort that joke. Joke <laughs> abort. All right. Our cover art, if you, in case you were wondering, uh, was created by this extremely gifted artist named Ian Patterson, uh, who runs his own little company called Ian Patterson Illustration. Uh, and you can view more of his phenomenal work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. And with all that being said, we'll close out and let the sounds of uh, Alex Jones dying play you out. <laughs> hey, kids, do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time to learn about geography. Yay! Bum 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 America's hat is Canada. They make lots of syrup and hockey. America has fifty states and a lot of tax rebates. To the east is old Europe. Old Europe. Hold your up. Germany and Britain too have fought a war or two. Italy looks like a boot. Greece looks like a hand. Now sing with me, sing with me, and give me a round of applause. <laughs> to the east is Russia, Russia. Russia. Russia is run by Putin, and he is putting us in communism. Russia. Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Then we go to China. There's a big wall or something. Then to the south is Australia. And that's basically the whole world. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, someone called me, I had to answer the phone.